Just a few film nerds breaking out of the rut Drooling over cinema that's hard and uncut Stick us in your ear, thrill to this month's picks And come and listen in, we're measuring Hello, everyone. Welcome to Measuring Flicks. I'm Carl Hartley. And I'm Max Peterson. And this is the AM version. <laughs> oh, if we're doing the AM version, then it would be like, and I'm Max Peterson. Right. Hey, Welcome I kind of to feel like NPR. this is appropriate for this episode. <laughs> what? No, I'm kidding. We're not going to have a fight. Well, we might. No, I don't think so. I think this is the worst film ever made. What do you think? No, I'm kidding. I'm totally kidding. Here's what we're talking about today. Not the worst. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to uh, Biker Month. This is, this our, is the first one of Biker this Month. This is our first episode of Biker Month, dude. Okay. So, I'm I'm just dying to get into this one because yep. Carl made some comments off mic before the show started that have me like just sweating bullets over here cuz I like we'll get it. we we're just going to do the episode and we're going to see where and we see end where up. See where we go. Today we're talking about 2014's Road to Paloma, written, produced and directed and starring Jason Momoa. Mm-hmm. That's part of why I like this movie because I did the exact same thing, and the fact that Jason Momoa did it makes me feel less shitty about my decision oh, to uh, fair write, 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 direct, start, produce, yeah. and star in a film and score my own film. So, uh, so it stars Jason Momoa. We have Robert Homer Mollahan as Cash, Lisa Bonet as Lisa Bonet, mm-hmm. um, Chris Browning. I I picked the people that I liked the best. I didn't just go through the cast, right. dude. Chris Browning as as uh, FBI as Agent Schaefer, yeah. the guy with the the weird mustache and the cowboy hat is like fucking gold. Oh, the he's the best part of this movie. Uh, we are totally gonna fight. We are totally oh, gonna no. fight because you keep saying stuff like this. Okay, and then we also have Timothy V. Murphy, who is like kind of like um, agent like, agent. I'm gonna call it yeah, agent agent, aka uh, Kmart Liam Neeson. I I had him as not Viggo Mortensen. He is he looks oh my god. Good call. Thank you. He's not. It Viggo took me Mortensen. to like an hour twenty-eight. I'm like Viggo Mortensen. I wrote it down big letters. See, I just know him from the the spoof. There's a there's a YouTube a couple of YouTube videos that spoof taken, mm. and he plays Liam Neeson's he character. Plays Liam. I can see that actually. It's they're really funny. Yeah. I actually um I've seen him in a couple of things. I like him in this. I think he's a little overwrought, but I think I'm yeah. not positive that's his fault. And. I don't fault the movie for it because here's what I should do. I should read you my final comment and it'll, okay. it'll tell you ex- everything you All need right. to know about how I conceive of this movie. Actually, let me read you my first note and then my last note. I'll read you my last note. Read and me then your my first, first and last. So let's read our first. My You, you go first. What's your first note on this movie? <clears throat> uh, very aggressive post digging there. Okay. That's all. That's, I mean, because Carl Note. Okay. And also Anchor Bay, Rut Row, WWE Studios, Boss Media, Rut Row. <laughs> you got to get money from somewhere, man. I know, dude. And I don't, you know, I had a, I've come around on that. It's like Marvel Studios is just the same, like, right. comic book franchise. And then they have WWE's, like, people making movies. You got to put the money somewhere. Right. Most you know? of WWE's movies suck. Personally, I like I the like one with Kane Hodder, the fucking horror one when he's stalking teenagers through a house. See no evil. House. Yep, thank you. Um, you're welcome. <laughs> so my first note, ready, Carl? Mm-hmm. This is going to really set the tone All for right. the episode. Holy shit, this is my favorite biker movie, and we haven't even seen the bikes. So I, I what's the first scene? Is him walking down the a, first scene is him walking down the railroad, the railroad track, and he's working a fence. Yep. And then he's hammering the the posts. He's hammering that. Well, he's digging the posts. He slams the post in, breaks it, recuts it with a, a hatchet that he's got on his belt. We see him hammering on the barbed wire. Yep. And then hammering the nail sideways. We see him smoking a cheroot in the evening and writing on uh, like paper that he's got folded in his pocket. Then he sets up the the small patch fence. Yep. 
and then we see him walking. One of Bird's favorite shots um, in the film is when he's walking away from us through the tall grass, and there's those kind of sparse trees, and he's got the Little. the shovel over his shoulder. Yep. And he's tinging, uh, tinging off the, the buds of the Dude, when of he, the when we're walking the... behind him and he's swinging that small shovel and hitting the, um, what are they called? Not some Dandelions. Dandelions, yeah. He's put, and he's hitting the dandelions, and the dandelions are drifting in the sunset. Mm-hmm. That was real pretty. It's... The cinematography is like unimpeachable in this film. I, now there are some points there are moments that where are it gets kind of weird, but I've managed to find a way to explain all of them. I had a lot of trouble taking notes on this movie because oh, I, I didn't take my first note after that. My, my next, my next note is don't hire that band for your wedding. That's a huge chunk of time where I was just watching the movie. I I spent most of the movie watching the movie, and then I was like, I my notes turn into stuff like. Red flares in the brush. Yeah, and that's oh my, my God. that's like my whole fucking yeah. notes. Okay, so my last note, which I also mm-hmm. want to read because I'll remind you because you looked at me like, God damn it! Do you really just say this is your favorite biker movie? Because we got Easy Rider next, right? No, it's okay. All right, Jason Momoa caught something here. It's hard for me to talk or write about this flick in terms of acting, of cinematography, of direction, mm-hmm. and all of that. Because it's the mountains that you're looking at and the road with the wind and the bikes as your score and the sky as a lens for the world. You're too caught up in stuff to notice. God damn, I love this movie. Fair enough. We're not going to fight. So let me just put my... Okay. <clears throat> so this isn't a note that What's I your last <laughs> note? Seppuku. Okay. <laughs> That's your last yeah. note is Seppuku. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So listen, this movie... I was explaining it to Danielle on the way to taking her to work because I was trying to wrap my head Did around it. Did she watch it? it? No. Okay. She went to bed. So, f- this movie is for me. It is brilliant. It's, you know how some movies are so bad that they're good? Mm. So, this, this is like if a movie is so good in chunks and then really bad and then really good like and then War really the bad. Like War for the Planet of the Apes? Huh? Like War for the Planet of the kind Apes? Kind of, yeah. But there are definitely moments in here where it... The tone changes. It's weird. There's inconsistencies, and it's, it's weird. And I couldn't get out of that. Like mm-hmm. I couldn't like not see that. And it was really like I don't know. It's because it goes beautiful, amazing, and then there's weird, stupid shit, and then there's great stuff. Like I hated the thing with the pink Cadillac and let me fix your car, and like I, that was all the like, Lisa Bonet stuff. Yeah, I hated it. I uh, thought it was like just dumb and unnecessary. I liked it. Yeah. I liked that part. Oh, they're gonna do the shaving scene. Like it was. I have the note for it. It's like um, it's cliche the meetup or something. It's like that that road movie. You your random encounter. They're gonna have this moment for a night, and they, they but they pull out all the stops. Like she's gonna shave his face, and then he's gonna help her with the thing, and they're gonna have a silent goodbye. That all to me felt like so like wedged in, and we've seen it a thousand times, and it was just like I couldn't not see it as cliche. Mm. But then we go on to the next beautiful segment of them driving and and their next random encounter. So this is like a random encounter of the movie, which makes sense because that's what happens. If you and I were to get on our bikes that we don't own. <laughs> right. Our <laughs> but bicycles. We'll someday, because this yeah. movie is like, I'm going to drive across country on bikes with Max someday. Uh-huh. This is what I want to do. <laughs> yeah. But it's okay that it's a random because if we got on the road that's how things would happen we might meet some random what's person the, what's somewhere. the next random encounter you're talking about after he leaves after Lisa Bonet. he leaves the Cadillac girl uh, oh my nose I, I don't like cash so he was at the strip club 
he was cash is a hard character to sit I just, with. Mm, I, yeah we'll talk about it when we get there but we will so that's so in a nutshell that's how i feel about this movie i i still am not sure sometimes it takes carl a few days to really like settle in on whether i like the movie or not mm. you can talk to danielle for ages about that she's like how do you feel about that movie today i'm like still haven't settled in on it. i'm not sure i'm definitely percolating uh, hard mm. on this movie I don't know whether I love it or hate it. I don't know whether it's it's a masterpiece or if it's garbage because it's there's enough inconsistent that I'm just like I don't know. And what I do see is the is the potential for a great filmmaker here in Jason Momoa though. Mm. Cuz he is capturing these moments. I saw this when I first when I was 24. Okay. And uh, I, that's I, right. This isn't your first go. No, I, I but that was the last time I'd seen it. I saw okay. it in 2014. Um Bird and I were going through like a biker phase. There's another movie this month that we're gonna watch called Hellride, mm-hmm. which I also saw. I think that year. Okay. Um. So Hellride is produced by Quentin Tarantino. So it's and it's got Michael Madsen in it. <laughs> so right. if you just think of like th- they're very different biker movies. They both are amazing. Per- I personally think they're both amazing. But when I saw Road to Paloma, I was like, oh, because for me, Road to Paloma is like we haven't. No one's taken a hard look at Easy Rider since the 70s. True. This is like Jason Momoa doing like a postmodern commentary on Easy Rider. Because this is what Easy Rider would be now. One, yeah. 2014. But one of the things I like about it is he kind of, he updates the concept of the biker. I'm reading my sideways. I was like, oh, you're showing me your notes. So he, he, he updates the concept. So in Easy Rider, it's like... Uh, Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper We're like we're gonna We're gonna ride across the country man And I've got a gas tank Full of cocaine yep. And we're gonna sell A bunch of money And middle fingers To the man all around Yeah it's all about The man the man Well this one is too Kind of But from another But from another From another angle Yeah So So here's these guys They're like We got coke We're getting money We're gonna flip off cops The whole yeah. way down Jason Momoa And Cash The uh, Robert Homer Mollahan. Okay. Mm-hmm. What I like about what I like about the Cash character is he is like Dennis Hopper's character meets Dennis Hopper in Blue Velvet meets Jack Black. No, he's it's not that. It's No, cuz he isn't yeah. It's that he's the fact that he he is an unredeemable piece of shit. Yes. Yeah, but Jason Momoa never gives up on him. He doesn't, and that's—it's such a strange relationship between the two of them because I don't see what Jason Momoa, what Wolf sees in him. Right. I don't know if maybe he he senses that there is some sort of need, like he's his brother's keeper in a way. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's a way for him to make up for whatever he's dealing I with. I don't think so. But I, I don't think so. It's because when well when Wolf meets Cash, he's. He's sitting on it. Well, Wolf is sitting on a stairway in the middle of a alley, right. and Wolf is fucked up. Or Cash, Cash. is fucked up. I mean, he just super had, drunk. He just knocked flushing. his bass player out with his forehead. He's yeah. been drinking bourbon, bourbon. I give your wings. Mm-hmm. So, and so he kind of takes care of him. He's like, "Hey, man, are you getting home?" And I like that about Wolf. That his first instinct isn't to like instinct isn't to like fuck with this guy cash or to mm. like go through his pockets or whatever because he's not a bad guy he's like hey man 
like you got a way home yeah do you have someone you do you call have someone you can call you he's like i'm fine and then he puts his coat on him and lets him you know while he works and... on his bike so i i dig that a lot but i don't understand the hey let's get on the road together the, i don't know it's just I've, the connection didn't happen for me mm. i'm sure if it's there it's there and i missed it but i don't understand like hey Let's go on the road, person that I don't know. But I don't. What but, I or it was more of a like, th- hey, let's go down the road a couple miles and. I see think what we the got. seppuku and the is kind of a is kind of a a, a signpost in the right direction. This okay. movie isn't okay. If you or I wa- ran into someone like Cash, we'd be like, oh shit, gotta oh, get shit, away dude. from this guy, right? Right. But that's not the world that Wolf lives no, in. No, fair enough. Wolf. Yeah. I mean, Wolf goes. He goes to like this underground fighting ring. Yeah, he's lived like a hard tribe life. Like it's yeah, like yeah. The reservation. I mean, I don't. I know zero about life on a reservation. But you hear stories about like it's sometimes gonna be very violent tough living. And hard, and yeah. yeah. And I will actually have a note. I have kind of a note about the world that we see through Wolf's eyes, which is part of this movie that I am like completely on board. Let with. me go down a little yeah. thing here. I said when when it's near the end when Wolf goes to visit. Irish and his mm-hmm. sister um, uh, I said uh, Visiting Irish And the little wolf in the hanging Bassinet mm-hmm. all of the knickknack People and people scratching out Their rough lovely lives I love that so, I love the When he gets but what I'm what I'm What I see In this movie is like a A strange Zen Where wolf Wolf sees this guy and this guy's fucking hammered drunk and he's fucking with Wolf's bike. So Wolf clears his throat and the guy turns around and he stops fucking with his bike. I think if I he gives him a chance to just be. Mm-hmm. And Wolf t- accepts him on his terms. Now, look, I'm saying I'm not saying like and we should all do that and we should all be like that. I'm saying I never Wolf would. Wolf should do that though cuz that's him. Right. That's so who he is. Now, think about so I'm from the UP mm-hmm. and I have I had used to have family on 581. I've got I have some really rough people in my family. Yep. So, there's two ways to look at all these scenes. One, Wolf shows up at his sister and Irish's house and there's all this junk and their baby is hanging from a tree in a yeah. blanket. So you could walk into that scene and go like, "What the fuck is wrong?" With like, these "Oh my god, white trash!" Like yep. he's got a junk shop and his baby is hanging from a tree while a, his mother is reading a book on a log by the river. Right, like probably high. Yeah, she's probably high down by the river reading her book, right. and the baby's name is Wolf. What the fuck? Oh my god. And they get they get they spend all night getting hammered by the fire. They're drinking like, on the, the roof. Where's the baby? Oh, the and baby's with him. Where is the? Yeah, the, they're hanging out with the baby, getting hammered. Yeah. They get oh my god! And he's like, "Let me drive you to the to the lake." I'm like, "You guys are you've so been dry, drunk. You've been drunk so for they twelve drive hours. Drive drunk for like hours to get to this lake in this beat up, rusted truck." There's a scene where he, but I mean, he goes to visit his dad. His yep. dad's living in like the if if you're just looking at it on the surface, you're like his his dad's a police. Yeah, he's police a tribal officer. police, right? I think. But like the conditions of the reservation that he goes to, the two reservations we see him it's go trailer to, park. It's you're looking at it and you're like, wow, this man, he's going to all these rough places, and yeah. he always looks like shit, and everyone he meets is white trash, and Cash's uniform fits him all kind of sloppily. Yeah, like, yeah, Cash is like a violent alcoholic that he's traveling around with. So that's if you just take the movie on the surface and don't look at any of. What's the, funny though that I didn't see it as any of that though. That's what I'm saying. 
That's yeah, the point. That is, didn't. I thought the thought, the only thought that you just mentioned that actually popped into my head was, "Ooh, where's the baby?" When they were all drinking and shit. That was the only time that I it. ever like. But then, as soon as I thought it, mom has the baby, and it's this beautiful. Mom isn't drunk, drunk. She's just holding the baby lovingly. The baby's playing with a little necklace around mom's right. neck. Like everything's fine. Right. So the movie to me is showing, showing what true freedom looks like yeah which is like that is what i got from this too is the freedom part yeah. of the whole well, the, well anytime you're talking about a bike movie it's hard not to it's about the freedom this of is all. i would argue that jason momoa's update is more is more more uh speaks to to me and to my mm-hmm. to this particular time right that we live in and this is 2014 right, right. so like okay. there's honestly there's really not a whole lot of confrontation in Road to Paloma, when he gets, when the police not officers the tell end. him to stop, he stops. Mm-hmm. Put your hands up, walk back towards my voice. He does it. Yeah, he's he not complies. like. And when he asks, man. "What's your name?" he tells him his name. It's, I mean, it's Wolf. I think it's really yeah. imp- there's a really important moment because Cash, Cash to me, reads like 1970s biker flick biker. Because okay. he's like, even the way he like lounges on his bicycle is a very easy rider. His bicycle. His bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck me. So, but when he's like, when he, they go to the diner and he's like, man, eat some of these waffles. Can I borrow some money? And he's like, I don't, uh, no, I'm, I'm actually kind of light. Right. So this is going to be on you, man. You ate this food. I didn't eat right. this food. Uh, and the guy's like, you don't luck. have any money. And he's like, yeah, we're fucked. Let's get out of here. We're fucked. And he's like, oh, how about I call the cops? And Wolf's like, well, let's work something out. Right. Cut to them doing dishes. So first of all, we have biker guy who comes. If this, if we've been watching Wild Angels, yeah, they sit down. He's like, we don't have any they money. They trash his fucking. Well, I'll drink. call the cops. They might have killed him. Yeah, they probably killed or him. Or trashed his drag him behind like, his bike for, hey, an man, hour, for a mile. Nobody's gonna tell me how to live. Fuck you. <sighs> fucking wolf. So but that's, wolf is a he's a peaceful warrior, man. He doesn't even yeah. He doesn't even so they go do dishes, and Cash is like. Yeah, I'm gonna make when I I want to make some money. I sure as fuck don't want to have to work for it. And he walks out, and the guy's like, "Hey, I'm trying to cut you a break here." And he's like, "Fuck you, fuck you." And he walks out. So Cash is completely in the wrong. Yep. But he's behaving like Peter Fonda and Dennis Hopper in Easy Rider, which is like, no one can tell us, man. We don't want to be fuck hassled. You, man. We don't want to yeah. be hassled by your society, man. And he turns to Wolf and. Jason Momoa is a big, powerful, intimidating man with a huge knife he on makes, his belt. He makes a panhead look fucking small. He does, dude. He makes he just dominates that bike. He covers it. He like watching. I love him the way he rides when he it when he hunches forward. Yeah. It's, oh, dude, so anyway, epic. But yeah, it's a he's a giant man. So this guy who has who's not big, who has no weapons, turns and he's like, "I'm trying to cut you guys a break." And Jason Momoa, rather than be like, "Yeah, we're bikers, fuck you," he's like, "Hey, man, look, I'm I'm gonna finish the dishes. He's an I'm asshole. almost done. He's an we're asshole. Good. I'm just let me finish these dishes." Yep, we got you. Yeah. Dude, watching Jason Momoa like do the right thing over and over mm-hmm. and over again and respect respect authority and respect his place in the world and not not try to there's no bravado. Mm-mm. What we'd see is we see Jason Momoa constantly reaping the rewards of this good energy that he's putting out in the world, this energy of freedom and this energy of Consistently. live and let yeah. live. When he shows up at a place I think the reason we don't see Fuck, yeah, white trash with scary baby is he doesn't see that. No, it's his family, and this is uh, even yeah. when he meets people who aren't his family. If they're living rough, like when he goes and sees Lisa Bonet's trailer, she's okay. Look, oh, he's like, this is really nice. She parked like a she parked like a fifty or like a thirty foot trailer in it's an in the orange, middle, grove. orange grove. Yeah, <laughs> and inside is pretty trashed up. Yeah, 
But he doesn't see that. So I don't see that. What I see is she has a beautiful Underwood yep. typewriter. And that's how she expresses herself. He expresses himself with a pencil and a piece of paper. She smokes a beautiful briar pipe. That briar pipe is beautiful. One of the most beautiful briars I've ever seen. It's so gorgeous. It looks like um, there's a company called Peterson that makes pipes. That's a fairly fairly common bowl shape, but it's Mm -hmm. so well crafted. And the fact that she, the fact, I love the detail that she smokes a pipe. Yeah. Because like, when do you see a pipe in a movie and it's not like a rich guy sitting like, in a chair? Oh, yes, we had to watch oh, it. Oh, 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 just fire all the servants. Never. Just today. <laughs> fire. Re- fire them. Hire more servants tomorrow. I just don't like this crop of servants. You know, like crop of servants. But dude, like the no, fact. No, no, you're right. You never see, and it's such a beautiful piece too. Her riding her bicycle. Like, there's so many little weird details that to me don't ring as like. There's a, there's a certain type of movie like Little Miss Sunshine or mm-hmm. Garden State that have like I do quirky things because quirkiness is a, is something to look something at. Something quirky. Look at me quirky. Yeah. These the reason that I get so wrapped up in these details is because in a very real sense, not just Wolf, but Jason Momoa is choosing to show me these things, and I think that it's part of his ethos. Do you yeah. do you follow him on Instagram or anything like I that? I don't. I'm going to now because I'm very interested in. This man He now. lives a really interesting life. He's he, only been He's been Cal Drogo to me And he's been I haven't seen Aquaman yet Right But I've seen a, Like just a A few like Interviews with him Or him working on a bike And getting really happy When he can when Like he can turn it, it up And I'm like dude He seems like Just such a genuine And he shaved his beard For something Or whatever Based and, on what I've seen Online mm-hmm. From his From his Instagram From his interviews From stuff like that he basically lives this movie. That's insane. I man. mean, he doesn't get shot and he doesn't get seppuku, but like he just cruises around the country on bikes. He goes rock. He loves to go rock climbing. He loves to go fishing with his friends. Right. Campfires on the beach. That's just like what he does. And then makes a million dollars doing a movie, dude. What a life! Yeah, man. he just pops off and does a movie for a second. Guys, I do back. I got six months. I'll be back though. Man. Right. Oh my god, dude. And that it's it's not. I have a difficult time divorcing this movie from Jason Momoa because it feels to me... I've seen a lot of his it, stuff. Well, it feels really it like feels autobiographical, like a, minus the murder. To me, it feels... It kind of feels like... Um, you know when you sit down with someone and talk to them for a really, really long time? No, I have no idea what that's like, Maxwell Peterson. <laughs> Seven-hour episodes. <laughs> yeah. But like when you talk to someone for a really long time, they keep they give you all of the shit that's at the top of their head for mm-hmm. like two hours, three hours. Then you get the garbage that Carl spews. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you got food and you're not getting hungry right. and your blood sugar's tanking, <laughs> right. but uh, like there's there comes a certain point where you don't have any more. The the front the fluff is gone. The fluff is all gone, yeah. so you start talking to each other. Because your real. brain has to start working now. Right. Because the presets are gone. You yeah exactly. You throw a preset out, and but if you just pick at the presets long enough, if you just talk through an issue, you can't. You run out of talking points, so yep. you have to start saying what you really believe. This to me feels like something that Jason Momoa found in like the really still places deep in his heart. I love that. And managed to capture on screen. I love doing this show with you. <laughs> I do. Cuz I'm I do still too. not 100% on this movie yet, but That's fine. That's why movies like this are the ones I love sitting down across the mics with you on because cuz sometimes I need help like sorting out what this movie is all about cuz you have a different eye than I do. Mm. Like for most of my notes are about shit like why don't they set up roadblocks? That's the most patient gas station ever. You can park your car and your motorcycle in front of the fucking gas. Like, hey, we got customers coming in. I think that. But like, that's kind of weird shit that I notice. And I think that 
that's to my fault because I'm not seeing the forest for the trees. Like I'm so caught up on minutia. That's my what well, my last note is is like I can't look at the trees because all I can see is the forest. And I'm so fucking like yeah. The way I watch movies is I'm kind of snarky in that way. I'm like oh they could never park that <laughs> they could never park that car overnight in a gas station. That's dumb. And, and no like, one stole it. And who gives and a fuck though? No one's that's found. That's not the goddamn point. Right. D- this to me is okay. Change the director in your head really quick. Ready? Right. Jim, oh, Jim Jarmusch directed Fuck it, this Road is to a, Paloma. Oh my god, I'm wired up stupid. No, listen, like, <laughs> I, oh my god, I cannot decide whether I'm hot or cold today. I know you're horrible oh. right now. But oh. no, but, yeah. <laughs> but if but going in because I, I have several Jim Jarmusch movies under my belt and I understand his eye and I've come to love him through other movies. Right. We talked about it. That's sort of a preset for the movie that you're going to watch. You have certain expectations, and if you see something that doesn't make sense, a pink Cadillac parked in front of a a gas pump overnight, you know, like, "Mm." but you take that as, it's fine, it's art. Right. And it doesn't matter. And there's certain, you forgive things because I know Jim Jarmusch as well as I possibly could know him now through, right? you know, but I don't know Jason Momoa. You know what I mean? I think there's certain. So yeah, if if you switch directors, this is a Jim Jarmusch movie. I'm 100 percent on it, and you that's immediately fucking for, not start fair. to forgive. Stuff. I forgive a bunch of shit. So the, the and from, I start asking, what is he showing me here? Right, which is what I should be doing for Jason Momoa. Right, it's what is he showing me what? here? Now they would have put up roadblocks if they know he's now, heading north. Know, there's only two arteries that go to Paloma. Right. This is. I mean, they there's had the resources. There's one lake. road to the fucking lake. Like, <laughs> so, like, shut it down. Shut like, down the road. Right. And like, you know. But you forgive that in a Jim Jarmusch movie. That's, the, yeah. The two things, the two things that, the reason I like the Jim Jarmusch analogy is, so the 55 Cadillac or the 56 Cadillac to me, I think it was a 56 because she corrected him she, on it. I think he goes 56 and she goes 55. 55, that's right. And he right. goes, nice. Yeah. So, like, the 50, 55 Cadillac to me is the Chet Atkins guitar at the beginning of Only Lovers Left Alive. If you look at Only Lovers Left Alive, there is literally no deeper point to Adam buying all those guitars. Right. Because he literally, he'll pick, he picks them up out of the thing and he goes, oh, this guitar is this model and it was made this year and the pickups are only this. The only reason that's in there is because Jim Jarmusch loves, loves guitars. Guitar. And he's, yeah, because you notice that the the bikes, except for Cash's Yamaha, right. are all 40s or 50s bikes. Even when they're talking about bikes, they're talking that's about- That's Jason Momoa's actual motorcycle. The fuck, dude? Yeah. It's is the, it a panhead or a flathead? What it's a fifty. Th- it's a fifty-four pan with a forty-nine Springer front right. end. What is a suicide clutch? Okay, this is actually super fucking. It's a suicide shifter. Su- shifter. Sorry. So it's, I know zero about they're bikes. They're super crazy. Um, so they're actually illegal now to install on new bikes. Oh, but so, you can grandfather it. So what you do on way. a regular bike is your brakes. I think your yeah your brakes on the right and your clutch is on your left. So you clutch and then shift with your foot. Clutch mm-hmm. and then with your hand and then shift with your foot. Right. With a suicide shifter. You have to take one hand off the handlebars, reach behind you onto the something that's on the engine. Your shifter's attached to the like the the chassis and engine of the bike, and you shift behind you. And it's really that's why he keeps reaching. That's why he keeps him. reaching behind him. He's shifting gears. Old Indians have them. The old uh, the old Indian motorcycles. They oh all came God. stock with suicide shifters. They're fucking awesome. It's because you have to take your hand off. You have to take your hand off the handlebar, and you're reaching behind you to shift. They're dangerous. They're real dangerous. <laughs> oh, yeah. But he's like so... Because I wonder, why does he keep reaching behind him? I kept thinking he was... 
like turning around to check traffic. Right. No, he's shifting he's gears. Shifting his... Yeah. Oh my god. Because they that's awesome. Yeah, Cash even says like, I dig the suicide shifter, man. Yeah. So they're they're pretty cool. It's like how you can't have a what do they call it? Uh, you can't have a, a I think it's called a suicide knob on your on your steering wheel anymore. Oh the. The little truckers the knob. The truckers knob. Yeah, like that's like there's there's stuff that people have realized over the years. I think that's it's like, probably not a good idea. Wow, they just keep like dying in accidents when right? they have. <laughs> so, but yeah, there's there's a definite mystique. Extra sharp glass is not something that we yeah. should have in our. Window. <laughs> uh, so we figured out a way to pour glass so that there's spikes that face into the car. It seems like a good idea. I mean, it looks so good though. You ever see when it smashes? It's beautiful. Every time you crash, though, you're dead immediately. <laughs> immediately. You just, all you do is die. <laughs> Meat sack. That's so we're actually going to see another movie this month that has a bike with a suicide shifter in it. And that's Hellride. Nice. Has a bike. It's an it's a vintage Indian. Mm, and they, they point it out, too, because, dude, watching someone, there's something about, look, I love all motorcycle yep. movies. I fucking dig them. And I love There's, that he ripped on the Yamaha because I'm pretty sure my brother has a Yamaha. But but, uh, but I love uh, Wolf's response to that though. It's like it's not about the bike; it's about being free. Yeah. I don't yeah. care what you're riding. You're riding. You're on the you're on the road. Doesn't fucking matter. There's a oh I love it. So there's a but there's a stellar. There's something stellar about watching somebody let go of a handlebar. Like the fact that Wolf rides around with one hand so often mm-hmm. is part of the appeal of this movie. Look, one of the things that irks me watching this movie now, not irks me in like a way that takes me out of it, because I understand that the reason that they're doing this mm-hmm. is the romance. It's the image. It's this projection of a of a almost. I would say that almost any American can watch a biker movie and feel something that they don't usually feel. There's like a is big, it the freedom of it? Is it because of you're generally you're 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 shown this open expanse? But other cultures the, don't have this, don't. and here's why: if you notice, almost all biker movies end up in the desert. Yep. It's something about the the sheer space that is America. This country mm-hmm. is so massive. There's not many countries that take as long as ours to drive across. Yeah, and you want to get a census? Drive across Texas. Not even oh my a country. God. Just go from. It's not as to idyllic, but if you drive across New York State the long way, oh, dude, it takes yeah. like nine hundred and four hours to drive across New York State, and you're just like, I don't, I literally think that we died in right? a car accident, <laughs> and like this is purgatory this is our purgatory or, hell exactly. or whatever. But it's also it it definitely ties. You know how when you and I watch westerns, that feeling mm-hmm. we get. Yeah, I think this is a it's the monument. It's like a cousin the, to yeah. this, which is like open space and no one around, yeah. and just freedom. The fight. Look, we yeah. love we we scream about freedom all the time in this mm-hmm. country, but I think that we need to get away from the f- get away from the like freedom from persecution that seventies biker freedom mm-hmm. where it's like fuck authority, no one's gonna tell us what to do, and we need Help to get your brother more, out instead. We need to get more to the zen of because he's free but he's part of so many communities yeah he's always ready to help he's when he goes in to buy his carburetor at the beginning we see him slaving at the beginning of this movie digging not even with he a is not digger. just a little winded and this is a man in shape he's been working that fence Dude, for all day all day he's worked like he's put in like a 16 hour day digging Exhausted. fence posts by hand and then he comes into the shop and he asks his friend um you the saw that mechanic. that guy died yeah right? In, in memoriam He's great That old mechanic's the bomb Yep But he goes in And he's like You got my carburetor And he's like He's over there How would that fence go And he goes Fucking sucked Fucking sucked <laughs> 
That's the first line that we hear. Well, from, the first line, he, yeah, he sits down. The first line yeah. out of his mouth, the guy goes, how was the fence? And he goes, fuck, fuck it, it suck, sucked. Bob. <laughs> it fucking sucked, Bob. And he goes, my heart goes out to you or whatever he says. Yeah. And then he goes, you got my carburetor? And he goes, yeah, it's over there. Bucks. And he comes over and he goes, you owe me 60 bucks. And you're like, he, he worked for 16 hours today. How much was this goddamn carburetor? Yeah. Okay, and he pulls it out. Like, I'm sure he did other work on the panhead sure. for him. But he only got paid 50 for... So he pulls it out and he goes, he goes well, that's 50 bucks. God damn it. And he goes, it's all I got, Bob. Bob hands him a wrench. Does Jason Momoa give him shit? Does Jason nope. Momoa flex his Cal Drogo chest and puff up? He nope. takes the wrench and he fixes the fucking old like 49 Chevy C10. Yeah. And I love Bob's reaction when the motor starts up. He goes, yeah, you got it running, Bubba. Or whatever. He, I don't remember the goes, line. He's he like, goes, got it running. Good job. Or he goes, uh, either, he says either. Got her back to life. I think he says good boy. Yeah. But it's, it really is. It reads very like proud father. Yeah. It's not. From this old mechanic. And again, the the cool thing about this movie is. Jason Momoa isn't being biker, dude. Like, fuck you, man. He takes the wrench yeah. and he goes and fixes the truck. And he's like, was that worth 10 bucks? And he's like, here, there's your carburetor. Yep. By the way, I'd like to point this out. And he still has to fix it himself. Like, Bob's not fixing no. it. No. Well, uh, I think that's, yeah, yeah. He he puts the, he's like, he puts the carburetor the spray. <laughs> right. You got, doing it. Yeah, he's like, you got you got parts cleaner, hands yep. him a can of brake cleaner or whatever, yep. and he's spraying it down. I'd like to point out here, by the way, for anyone who knows anything about bikes, Jason Momoa hand starts a fucking 50s panhead that's unbelievable he grabs the you, you kickstart it yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Have you ever tried to kickstart a bike my yeah, brother has one it's rough it's fucking hard man and he you gotta jump on that fucker with his arm you're like that man is powerful and he that's, doesn't and he doesn't even hey hope it nope. either he's he just like boom and like he's her, flushing the gets toilet her going and gets just, it, gives her a little gas you can see on his face that he's like joy. i can't believe i just did yeah that. the joy it's just yeah, joyful he's just like shit i didn't think that was gonna work <laughs> you get that but dude like again there's two reads you read that and you're like he goes in there and the mechanics being shitty with him and he's really poor and the mechanics making him work and now but there's a relationship there though it plays just like it plays like people helping each other out, and this is how things work. It's in this a little world. bit of father and son too. It's like, no, you're not finished until you're done with your chores, kind right. of. And then dad's a little bit proud when you actually finish the thing, and then, all right, well, you've earned your bike now. Or you know what I mean? It, it, there's a relationship there. It's oh not my. just because he is on the surface mechanics being re- he's being an asshole to wolf. But there's a certain. But there's a bit of charm there. So there's and, another reason that this movie hit me just right last night, yesterday. I went over to uh, Alan and Aaron's house, mm-hmm. Birds. Oh, we have to do a game night, by the way. Uh, yeah, June okay. 2nd. Yeah, perfect. It's on the books. <laughs> Dude, we so got ready. baked brie and we're bringing bourbon. It's going to be awesome. So I went over, we know, uh, it's Bird's brother and his wife. Yeah. We went over there and Bird went over to, uh, they, were, they did an essential oil party, which sounds it, it like, I was like, uh, essential oil party? But when I got but inside. When you put tea tree oil under your. your Dude, like. Woo. I, I went in there and, you know, well, I'll tell you in a second, like the circumstances of me coming in there, but like, it was really cool. <laughs> I was like kind of blown away. I'm like, I am so sorry that I rolled my eyes right. at this. <laughs> this is so fun. I caught like the last half hour and I was like, this is great. Oh my God. Can we do essential oil parties like every week? But I went over there because Alan's radiator blew on his mm. Forester. Big, it, it happens. Big old yep. crack, like right by the cap and just fucking pissed out all of his coolant yeah. and they had to have the car towed and shit. So I've done four radiator jobs on Foresters. That's easy. I, yeah. I've done it like repeatedly. So I was like, it's I'm a like, car you can work on. It's nice. 
Yeah, well, you don't have to pull the radiator out the mm-hmm. bottom. You can just lift it right out. Ooh. It's great, man. So they bought a they bought a radiator. So I spent yesterday four hours in the garage under the car, rust and coolant and fucking. Uh, why am I jealous of you right oil. now? It was great, dude. Yeah. So I'm, I'm getting greasy. Yeah, getting greasy. Exactly. I pulled the pull the radiator out. We swapped the fans. We're just shooting the shit, chatting. Scrape my knuckles all up on all of the sharp engine parts. Yep, you know. of course. <laughs> fucking, you know, burped the system. Started her up, didn't overheat, backed the car up. Four hours, we swapped a radiator, and now his machine works again. Yes. And I come home, and I sit down, and I watch Road to Paloma, and it's just Jason Momoa fixing shit over <laughs> and over again. I was like... You were right in that headspace, I was dude. just you were right so for ready it, dude. For it, so yeah. my second note is actually like the gratification of hard work by hand. Making the machine work again. I love that. It's... Yeah, man. And, and that's... What a great thing, too. Okay, so now flashback... When are we buying bikes? Honestly... We should talk about this because I'm ready. I'm not even fucking around. I'm not even fucking Danielle around. Danielle and her mother and my mother and my father. My father would probably be okay with it. There would be conversations. My brother now. told me if I ever bought a bike, I'd wake up the next morning and it would just be the burned out frame in the driveway. He, yeah. he rides. Sam rides. He's been riding for like three years. And all he ever says, he's like, it's so beautiful, man, in the wind. And I'm like, oh, I can't wait to get a bike. He's like, no, no, you're never getting a bike. I will never let you get a bike. I will just sugar your gas every time I'm near that fucking thing. That's fucked up. Fuck you. I, I get it. It's like you don't want to turn into like. He's joking. He meatballs on the highway because my uncle got into a bad fucking wreck when he was in his. Like, my brother 40s. has almost died twice. Yeah. The, most recently, he took it into uh, Marquette Power Sports. They did right by him, so I'm not sh- necessarily mm-hmm. shitting on this shop. But he went in to have his front tire changed, and when they put his brakes back on, oh, no. they put one bolt in as like a keeper. And put the other one in, but they had a new guy do the job, and he didn't tighten the brake back on. So Sam's riding, and he was doing a corner, probably 60, 65, and he tried to he tried to squeeze his front brake, and uh, the the brake basically <laughs> fell off and started smashing against his tire. And he said, if that brake if that brake had seized up, I'd have gone over the handlebars at sixty five around a corner, around I'd a corner. be dead. God, yeah. And he's like, the fuck, it's just jamming up on me, and I was like, I almost dumped the bike. Yeah. So he's like, and that's not even. He's like, how many times have cars pulled out in front of me? How many times have people? You can. If he sent me a video the other day on YouTube, um, a biker passing on double yellow, which is illegal, mm-hmm. and then a car that the the car that the guy's passing swerves out and tags tags the bike, and the guy crashes. There's another biker behind him with a helmet cam on. Holy shit! And he catches up to the car, and the car pulls over because the bike fucking like endos, and the dude's laying in the ditch. And the the biker who's filming comes up. He's like, "Are you all right, bro?" And he runs up to this guy, and he's like, "What the fuck are you doing?" And the guy's like, "Passing on a double yellow, passing on a double yellow." And the dude's like, "You so, just clipped a dude." He's off like, of- "That's attempted murder. Like, murder is your answer to this guy passing on double yellow." And the guy goes, "I don't give a, I don't give a shit. I don't give a shit." He's Sam's like, "Dude, there's crazy people out there." Yeah. There's people. And you got nothing around you. No. Uh-uh. It's you have no protection. It's just you. Dude, it's not leather. Maybe. It is, I'll tell you what. It's not. It, it's important. It's important to remember. It's not difficult to find two-hour compilations of motorcycle crashes. No, I know. Like, and those people are. You're in deep shit if you get in a motorcycle wreck. So I can see Sam's concern. Yeah. But I've also seen Road to Paloma several times, yeah. and I've seen. I, there's. There's some I don't know, dude. Because I, I asked Sam about it, I'm like, you know, Sam's had some injuries. Yeah. So I'm like, you know, you're you're already kind of beat with up with the bike. You have to just understand that at some point, if you ride enough, you're going to 
have some injuries. You're going to either get, yeah, you're either going to get injuries or it'll kill you. Yeah. Like that's part of what comes with a bike. But like, so I asked Sam and I was like, he's like, dude, it's so dangerous. It really is dangerous. And I'm like, okay, so like, is there going to be a time where you like, you think you'd ever hang it up? And he goes, never, I would never give up riding a motorcycle for anything. And I'm like, there you go. There it is then. That's it right there. So let's talk about bikes when we're off mic and when we're sure that our spouses are not going to hear this. (laughs) But Um, you know, to be fair, I get it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, I understand the concerns, but I also understand that it's my life and it's mine to live. And one of the, I've told Bird repeatedly that if I don't own a motorcycle by my mid 30s, I will forever regret that for the rest of my life. I'll be yeah. 60 and that'll be one of my big regrets. Yeah. So we'll, well, uh, we'll part of me is like, if I don't point. do it by 50, I'm like, just do, I will leave everything and just. What do you got, for a decade a year. left? At night, eight year fuck. I turned 42. I turned 42 in July. I have July? Eight years. Eight years. Eight years playing eight years? time. It's too. It, it's two, it's two Dude, you uh, Olympic get, cycles. You don't have to get totally nuts with it either. My brother no. bought his bike for two grand. I'm going to start with a Vesper. That's a good start. Honestly, though. No, I, like a little I, scooter. I kind of like, like Vespers, too. To, no, to, like, to <laughs> drive around the city and get used to like being out in traffic when yeah. you don't have anything around you. Right, yeah. And we've got one. This is 55. Then it turns into a 35. And mm. most everything else is 25. My brother. Right, so... My brother moved good out trainer. to camp and he told me that when I, he's like, whenever you're legitimately ready, come up and he's going to teach me to ride on his bike. He has a Vulcan. And he's like, I'll teach you to ride on your bike. You can go get your certification. I'll help you like practice all the shit that they're mm-hmm. going to do. Cause he took it. He's like, it's actually pretty easy. Right. So, um, so yeah, Sam, like despite him being like, I'm worried about you, I'll burn your bike to the ground. He already has been like, yeah, I'll teach you how to ride, man. Right. And you're going to learn. And he's like, and I don't want you to learn anywhere, but with me. Yeah, no so shit. Sam's yeah, gonna, fair enough. Sam's <laughs> going to teach me how to ride. Um, but dude, so you want to talk, you let, you want to talk a little bit about the trees for a second? Sure. Cause bird noticed something last night that I've never noticed before, which I, this movie, I, once she noticed this, I started noticing other things. There's a moment when wolf gets home and his dad is like cutting wood yep and he goes the the dad like looks up and he wolf is standing behind him like kind of around a corner watching his dad like just you know watching his dad in the moment and having a moment smell you coming. i can smell you from here son bird pointed out the wind is he doesn't say that line until the wind blows the right direction the wind is blowing in his oh shit the wind is blowing in his face and then the direction changes and you can see his hair blow forward so it's blowing behind Jason Momoa so down to his dad, and that's when he says the line. That's amazing. The fact, that's a detail. The oh fact God. that they let you linger on stuff until the conditions are right. Not, they're not using movie stuff to force a perspective. Sometimes they'll just let something sit until mm-hmm. it works. Yeah. One of my favorite moments is when Jason Momoa and Lisa Bonet don't kiss. Dude, they're in the trailer. And this is this goes back to my Jim Jarmusch thing. There's one of one of the things that I will always, almost always, forgive Jim Jarmusch for is is his pace. Pacing. Yeah. He works with a really particular pace. He lets things sit. He lets things unfold and unwind. He's never in a hurry. And there's a moment where Jason Momoa kind of leans in and Lisa Bonet leans in, and then they both realize that they're both anxious to kiss, and they both stop. Yeah. And they just look at each other. And then there's a there's a moment where she is like, I think I'm gonna kiss you. No, and then they both settle in and they just enjoy the proximity to mm-hmm. each other, and it's it's so beautiful and it's short. It's like it seems to go on long because you're not used to seeing two people not doing anything. On right, screen. you're used to oh my god, the 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 kissing around the right, knocking things over, and it's all hot and aggressive. And this right. isn't. It's still and beautiful. Yeah, 
It's yeah. awesome. And they nothing happens and then she fall to the point where she falls asleep. Yeah. Nothing happens and then she takes a nap. And I love that there's something really beautiful about that scene too, is Wolf is trying to sit in this in this very small cramped trailer with dim lights and clutter and he's trying to write and it's not working. And he's looking around and he paces and he walks back and he sees that she's sleeping. So he gets on his bike and drives down to fix her car. Fix her car, yep. One that's Wolf in a cage. He doesn't like the confined space. Mm-hmm. So he gets back out in the open air. Two, this is further, this is another example of Wolf helping out his community. He's told Lisa Bonet, like, I can help I you can fix, fix your, your car. car. Right. But then they go back to her place and they start fooling around. And probably in her head, if you think about it, she's like, okay, it's a one night stand. He used his line. He's kind of handsome. Right. But then he he at midnight or one o'clock in the morning because the sun is his, coming up. Yeah. He goes and fixes her fucking yep. car. She starts it up, and then he's like, "There you go, I fixed your car." Yep. And that's when she takes him back, and that's when they share their you know they have the, they have your sex scene, which is super tastefully done mm-hmm. and looks really fun and playful and stuff. I actually have a note about the cinematography of that. Um, the oblique flashes and glimpses of the love scene. I wrote down that's all this is for them. Cause it's, it's not just a flash. It's a moment. It's a flash in the pan. It's, it's a, like yeah. yeah. It's all you're getting is it, we like you know when you're having like a spur of the moment. You're out somewhere in like on a beach, and then you just have like sporadic, crazy like spur of the moment sex. You're not like re- recording every detail. You're recording the weird details. The weird yes. And that's what they show us in this movie. Um, I want to get this like my big broad theme thing. I keep thinking you're showing me something. I'm not. I have I have a sideways <laughs> note, so I keep turning my thing over to Carl. But um, I think it's important that Wolf is Wolf is heading out across the country, not to sell coke, not to earn quick money. The one time that he does say like you want to make some quick money, it's to teach Cash a lesson. Yep. He's not interested in money at all. He doesn't even take any of it. Cash blows all of the money. Jason Momoa gives Cash all the money that he won fighting that dude. And then Cash blows it all the next day. And that's when Cash has his realization is the day after he blows all of the money he won fighting this guy. The money's not the motivating factor for Jason Momoa. It's in a weird way tending and caring for the various communities that he's part of. His ultimate goal is to take care of his mom. Dude, the, I wrote that down. The His motivating factor is not even revenge. It's to spread his mother's ashes. Yeah. If you stop and look at this biker movie, event, like, objectively... The revenge happens before this movie even begins. My next note is the violent act isn't even shown. They don't even... We see, we see a very faint echo of it later. When he saves the other woman yeah. from being raped. For God damn it. And so that... That tells us all we need to know about what happened. We already know because we've been told. Dude, there's dude, a great moment where um, Schaefer. But that fills that that fills that that blank that question in. Right. What that may have looked like. I think there's a weird respect in the filmmaking too, which is like Wolf's Wolf's mother was raped so badly that she has to be put on life support. The guy get does get arrested by tribal police, but because he's not native, he's turned over to the white cops basically. Yep. They hold him for a year and then turn him loose because the federal judge said that it wasn't serious enough. Like the the char- charges got charges dropped because right. it wasn't a serious enough offense, which was Jason Momoa's she mother. She ended up dying from her from her wo- from, from her, her wounds, injuries. Though. She was beaten so badly, she's put on life support and then she dies. And the federal judge is like, I don't think this Not is serious enough. enough. So they Fuck so they that. cut the dude loose. 
Jason Momoa tracks him down and kills him. Brutally. Brutally. And I he, mean, we, we get from... Um, Schaefer, we get a Schaefer description. From, yeah. He brought like an onyx nut. I love the tag at the end of that scene, too. I wrote it down. Do you want me to read it? Yeah, 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 please. <laughs> So he goes, he's describing it and he goes, um, my note is I love the cop who's explaining the murder. Mm-hmm. Um, he goes, he, he brought that little onyx, that sharpened flint onyx axe thing that he'd made and uh, goes inside and he beat the scalp off of him right there in the house. And then Bill stumbles out into the yard and then Wolf followed him out here, beat every bone in that man's body, turned him into a... Turned the guy into a Morocco. Yeah, hell of a way to go. Yeah, and he goes, yeah, hell of a way to go. There's a big pause, and then he goes, good. He deserved it. Piece of shit. Yeah, but then he realizes that the agent has gone inside. Not even inside. He's not even there. He turns around, he goes, well, fuck. Talking to myself like a fucking asshole. <laughs> he starts, and he's still talking to himself. He's still talking to Dude, himself. Dude, Schaefer's performance is so yeah. funny. It could be. It didn't even toe the line of like too uh, almost too goofy. It was like the perfect perfect it's amount realistic. of he is the he is sort of like the comic relief in this. Dude, there's a there's a but he's not cartoonish. No, he's real. He's it's very a real. This is him. This is who this guy is. It it holds true even to the end of the yes, movie. Yes, it sure when fucking he, does. He's he, like, you want to get him, fish him out. Yeah, he's like, there. You happy? You got your man. You want him? You go fish him out yourself. Yeah. He gets up and walks away. He's so pissed that he has to shoot Wolf, and he yep. shoots him in the leg. Yep, he, he goes, wings them so that so they can arrest him and and. But that's not how Wolf goes out. I have a I have a note about that too, but we'll get to it. We'll at get the to end. it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> well, but there's well, we a, already know the end now because yeah, I ruined it the first two minutes. But there's but. a there's a great moment with Schaefer and the agent when they walk out of uh, the Fight Club Native American Fight Club guy's house and they get out in there and he's like, "Who's Irish?" and he's like, "Irish, you know, ran with Wolf for a while, married to his sister, they ran together." 500 miles up and north. He's, well, he goes, it's in the report. And he goes, it's in the report. And he goes, pretty sure. Might be. Might be, right? <laughs> Maybe not. Anyway, that's his name. Now you know. <laughs> and he goes, he just didn't put it in the report at right. all. And you get the sense that. He's kind of covering for Schaefer him a little bit. He kind of wants this to drop. Yep, he sure does. Because they all feel, everyone who's who works in close proximity. I like the, the. He's friends with his dad. The difference, and the difference between the two of them, too, which is Schaefer's got the facial hair. He's got the cowboy hat. He's very loosey goosey. He carries around like a coyote hunting AR, is yeah. like his gun that he takes at the end. And this other agent has got his, you know, his, his issued nine millimeter and mm-hmm. his gray suit and his bald head. It's, his performance is pretty intense, to be fair. But like, he is ex- he's exactly the type of person that that they're t- he's exactly the type of law that this movie's about which mm-hmm. is someone who's dis- utterly disconnected from his community. Yeah. He comes into this community and he's no part of it. So he has no understanding. He all he knows is the facts that are in the report, the things that are on paper. He doesn't know all those little he doesn't know eccentricities that would right. create a Inter- like group f- of familial relations, yeah, familial relations and absolutely. circumstance and and um, you know like the context of things. So that's one thing I love about Schaefer is he's ingrained in this community. Yeah, he goes in and there's the like the guard. He's still the man. He's the law, but but he understands, he understands. life on the res. Right. You know, and what these people go through and what these people are like and what their community yeah. is, and he's still the law. He's still federal law. Yeah, and he's still taking care of business. Right, he does. You, you know? know, like he, when he's ordered to arrest 
somebody he, he does, does it, it. Mm-hmm. but like when you there's that moment where um wolf's sister slaps agent agent and schaefer goes special agent special agent agent, agent and schaefer goes ah shit yep because that's assaulting a federal officer yes and he knows that agent agent has no chill has no concept of like we're gonna like let this, this family ride. is now torn apart my i have a note on that which is feds splitting up families churning babies through cps and nitpicking shit that doesn't matter yeah this is i think that's part of what this movie is about oh, absolutely is watching this like big monolithic i am the fbi i am here to and like We've just, and I now hold your baby and there's nothing that you can do about it. Right. He's like, well, you're under arrest for burning a warrant. You're under arrest for slapping me. I guess you just lost your kid. And now your perfect little paradise house is gone because I'm the FBI. Right. That's what I'm doing. Schaefer would never do that because Schaefer's... There's, a, uh, there's actually an interesting movement to make it so that law enforcement officers patrol where they live. That makes sense because then you're part of the community. Exactly. You're not. It, they think it'll. Uh, there's the the arguments for it are it'll like lower sh- incidents of shooting. It'll help de-escalate situations because everyone already knows each other. Mm-hmm. It'll, it'll. The community knows the cop, and the cop knows, knows the, the community. community. Exactly. Yeah. So like, why are we shipping cops from like suburbs into like really horrid neighborhoods? Where they don't understand the dynamics of that neighborhood at all. They just come in and they're like, well, I'm the law and you're breaking the law. And you're like, yeah, but no. It's like a neighborhood is a living thing, dude. Yeah, like- it is. And that's <laughs> a community is a living thing. Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah. And that's one of my favorite things about Road to Paloma is Jason Momoa moves kind of freely through these different communities. And we see him reap the benefits of that community. When that, well, he's earned. Well, that tribal cop is like, Robert Wolf, are you uh, Noe's son? And he's like, yeah. yeah. And he goes, he changes it. And he's like, I don't have two white suspects. I, I have white one guy. white suspect. Yeah. He's down by the river. And he goes, they're on their way. Get out of here. Yeah. And he cuts him loose because maybe because, you know, okay, you're the, you're a tribal cop's son. We're going to let you go. It's a, there's a lot of reasons why he does or it. Or maybe it's like, I heard what happened to your mom. I heard what you yep. did. And I understand why you did it. Yeah. So we're going to let, we're going to cut you loose on this one. There's that weird community dynamic thing. And you kind of see the ugliness of, of a faceless, machine-like, letter-of-the-law, monolithic agent coming in and j- just they stopping They actually the mention that when they're assigning special agent agent. They say, well, who are you putting on this one? And they say, special agent agent. It's like, oh, well, he's kind of like a... He's an, OB, he's an A and B kind of black and white dude. There's no fun with him. Right. <laughs> They even say it. They, like, they state it explicitly. Right. They're like, Lance Hendrickson is putting him on the case. Yeah, yeah. He's like, here comes a guy who's... Here, I think it's because they want results, and right. Schaefer's letting it slide. Right. So this, But as this person is as by the book as you get. Right, exactly. He will... Yeah. <laughs> Hell of a way to go. Hell of a way to go. Good. Deserved it. Piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, like, I don't know. Like, what I... The um, like the fact that the violence isn't shown, the fact that he's taking his mother's ashes to the lake where she would have wanted been sprinkled. Compare this biker movie to any other biker movie you've seen. He doesn't want to get revenge on anyone. Nope. He doesn't want. He doesn't even want to stick it to the man. No. He doesn't care about the man. He just wants to. St- he wants to stay ten feet ahead of the man until he can spread his grandmother's ashes. His mother's then, ashes. I'm sorry. His mother's ashes. Yeah. He wants to. He wants to get his mother's ashes to the lake, and he wants to ride his bike. And he wants to be free. Yeah. 
And if he doesn't, when he interacts with the man, he interacts respectfully. With respect. That's right. He's got his hands up. He doesn't move. He turns around slowly. When asked his name, he states his name. He's not John Smith. No, he tells him his name. Yeah. I'm I'm Robert Wolf. Yeah. Federally wanted fugitive Robert Wolf. He tells a cop his name. Yep. Any, any, are you armed? Nope, not armed. And he doesn't deny, he doesn't deny that he beat the fucking shit out of this rapist guy. Like, the and in in the shop again it's like here's 50 bucks it's all i got and he goes well you owe me 60 so will you work on my truck that's fair i do owe you 60 i'll do an hour's worth of work for you he's an honest he's an honest and honorable man. guy yeah. he is the antithesis of every biker we've ever seen mm-hmm. it's dude this movie is like unbelievable for me i, I love this movie so the next the next thing i, I want to talk about is the score Okay, from this point on, my notes all just turn into poetry. No, that's fine. That's so I hope fine. you don't mind. No, not at all, dude. That's why <laughs> my notes are always stupid. So. My note is scored by battered but unbeaten voices and old guitars. Because everything, this is like. I didn't recognize a single so- song that's on the soundtrack. Bum me out, though? Because didn't you want to? Fuck didn't yeah. you want to have like every yes. album by every person yes. you heard? <laughs> Yeah, in fact, one one of the things I'm doing later today is I'm going to do a little IMDb search Same. and I'm going to try and get those on my iTunes. I'm going to see so. if I can find the uh, Road to Paloma soundtrack and if I can't, I might go go looking. Go looking? Yeah. Cuz dude, it's so good. It's amazing. Really really good score, honestly. Like they pick they pick the right songs. Mm-hmm. It's kind of that like that Delta Western thing yep. that kind of like it's 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 usually like guitar, one voice. That's yep, it. I love it. I do too. And every song matches the moment perfectly, which is not always the case with hey, that's a great song. Doesn't really fit here, but I get it. Right, so, right, but right. every song is part of the scenery and part of the it's just it's There's a he uh, it's amazing. He calls his Jason Momoa in real life calls his group of friends the Pride of Gypsies. Ooh. So, yeah. Isn't that the name of his a production company? Production they flashed company, it at yeah. the beginning, a Pride okay. of Gypsies film. I think they just used that for this film. Okay. But that's what he just hit that's his handle on Instagram is Pride of Gypsies. And uh I mean that when you look at how he's living and when you look at this life like this life in this film, that's a perfect description of all of the people we meet. Everyone is nomadic and everyone is happy and everyone is like you can see two different communities come and just like converge all of a sudden and everyone gets along. Yeah. Because everyone is they all yes and each other. Hey, can you like that's I mean, not to take it to theater, but but they kinda do. But yes, and and how can I and how else can I help you? If someone pulls up and everyone's having a drink and they're cooking sausages over the grill and someone's playing guitar and someone pulls up and they're like my truck is making weird noise. Could you three or four of those dudes would stand up yes, and immediately and would go, you like a sausage from the grill? Sure. Here, grab a beer. Let's go fix your truck. Yep. Fuck. That is the world I want to live in, dude. Me too, too. <laughs> Absolutely, man. God damn it. Am I a hippie? I might be a hippie. Dude, I we did, didn't I we just recently determine that Bird and I are like utter and complete hippies? Oh, you are. We're like, we're yeah. waiting for our bees. You're not even hipsters. Uh, you are the full on hippies, <laughs> man. Yeah. Well, I mean, like to your credit, because you wear it well. So good, good. Yeah. I mean, if, looks good on you. If hippies, <laughs> if hippies is what I watched last night, then hippies I shall be. Yeah, man. Damn, Seriously. doesn't it feel? Doesn't it feel good? It feels good. It feels good in the in the in the soft spot here. The seppuku spot. Yeah. In the seppuku basket. In the seppuku basket. <laughs> um, dude, I've I got... want to make a breakfast cereal called seppukus. Seppukus. <laughs> it's just. 
guts. I don't know. There's there, there's like they look like they're regular, but there's like a sneaky chemical a sneaky that when it hits <laughs> when it hits milk, it turns red. Yeah, <laughs> your bowl's exactly. just like it's all happy and cheerful, and then milk hits it, and it's like a blood bowl. It takes you a second to realize that like some of the some of the it's there's two different shapes in the cereal, and some of them are like little squiggles, and those are guts. Yep. And the other ones are like straight, and that's your knife. That's your knife. And you're like <sighs> squiggles and stripes, but it's really knife and guts. And then your bowl turns red when you pour the milk in. Dude, I'd eat that shit every day. <laughs> What's your mascot? Is it a cartoon knife or a cartoon intestine? I think it's a smiley oh, face a with smiley like blood fa- coming out oh, of its man. mouth. Sapacoos, Saturday morning What's with What's the ad like? Saturday morning with Sapacoos. The kids all take a it's bite. It's your breakfast. Fortified with vitamin D. The kid, at the end of it, the kids are all just like poking Sa- themselves with their was, spoons. <laughs> That's the prize in the in the in the box at the bottom is a it's fake, one of those knives that like, like fake, where the like blade ting, goes ting, into ting, the ting, handle. Ting. Yeah, it's a, it's a spring blade. <laughs> a spring blade, dude. I fucking dig it. Carl, did we just come up with a business plan? We did. We're gonna make sepakus. <laughs> sepakus coming to a grocery <laughs> store near, near you. you. Lawsuit next uh. year. <laughs> um, some of the cinematography that just sticks in, in my head: children standing in the night. In the water with sparklers. I love that. It's, Dude, it's very American. It's the second res. Yeah. But yeah. That's one of the things I like about it, which is like, it feels... Patriotic it, without being... It feels celebratory. It yes. feels like with one shot... Which is weird because it's patriotic is because he's... Native American. They're on a Native American reservation, yeah. which is... You don't typically think of like, woo, America. Well, no. But in a weird way, it is. I always think of the Fourth of July with the sparklers. Part yeah. of it is just sparklers. It's are sparklers, fun as hell. Are fun, yeah. But like, you're right. In a weird way, it's like it's, it's like I don't remember everyone cutting. Yeah, I don't know what the new the new. Sorry, term it doesn't is matter. Anymore. I mean, it, it doesn't really matter. Doesn't. But I mean, like indigenous tribe. It matters to who? It matters it's, to like upset white people. Shut up. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> so, but we know who we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. The native population of this country, Native Americans, I'm calling them. Fair enough. So, but with those sparklers, they're cutting, they're carving out in a totally nonverbal way. There's no bit where it's like Jason Momoa sitting there with his his cheroot and his beer and like a greasy rag, and he's like, "It's good to know that this is our America too." And then he turns to the camera and he's like Budweiser or whatever. Right, you know? yeah, they but don't do that. No, they're just, they're out in the water and they've got their sparklers and you're like, this, it's such a, it's, dude, it's so hard to talk about this movie because it's not, there's nothing big or concrete that they're telling you. It no. would have sunk the movie if they'd tried to like shoehorn messages as fuck. It's, ju- we're just watching people who there's are. There's an American flag billowing in the background. Right. An eagle screams an eagle. in the night. <laughs> Right, we they're listening one. to Credence or something, right. but no, but it's like it's literally like just kids playing in the water and watching the sparkler sparkles hit the water and fizz out, and you're like, these are people who have carved out their thing, their space, their life. It exists. They've they've made a place for themselves, and that they're happy. You know, like there's there's really rough shit in this movie too. But like every time we hit these little communities that he pit stops on on his way across the country, that's one of the things I love about this movie is 
the plot is really secondary to watching happiness. Yep. How many movie pockets of happiness? No one shows you happiness in movies because happiness is boring. Right. (laughs) But it's it's, conflict is the interesting. You want conflict, yeah. Yeah, Like if John Wick was just a series of John Wick, like having pleasant conversations (laughs) and like having tea, sharing recipes. Right. I mean, I'd still probably watch it if he's wearing the same suits. It's possible, dude. That first suit, that like charcoal gray on black on gray. (laughs) But no, like. You know, no one would watch John no. Wick if there wasn't like absurd amounts of conflict. In this movie, it's just Jason Momoa like dangling all. all he's like he's staying ahead of. He stays ahead of the conflict the right. whole time. There's one moment in the movie where please help my mom, and he stops a rape from happening by beating a guy really viciously. And there, you want to talk cinematography? Screaming in that dude's face right next to the headlight. That shot Amazing. is killer. The and you shot, don't hear him scream either. It's a silence. silent scream. The shot right after it. When they're walking through the like like brush and trees with red with flares, the red flares in the night, and a child was, on his and a child yeah. Cash is carrying a child and Jason Momoa is carrying, carrying the a woman. woman. Cinematography, fucking stunning. The violence, I absolutely lost too. They can't find their way out of the brush. They don't know where they're going. And you know what? You God, know it's what, wonderful. What took them? You know what took them off their path and shoved them into night and into loss and into darkness? It was an act of senseless violence. Yeah. Violence costs them the road. Yep. Violence costs them their bikes and their freedom. That's because that's what puts them on their trail. That's the wages. That's pretty much the wages of violence. Well, what I mean is they're riding along in this idyllic it sunset. It's violence. No, I get it. Yeah, and then the it kid, violence is what. Yeah, it derails their because you have to address it. You have. You can't just. I think it's important that Wolf doesn't drive by. Wolf stops and he says, "What's going on? How can I help?" He goes and helps, and just having. That what it costs him to fix someone's stupid, senseless mistake, or not mistake, this this willful act of violence. Someone's being brutal, and someone's being a a bad member of a community. Someone's being a violent asshole. Someone's being a a monster. You can't ignore monsters. You have to deal with monsters. Right. But it costs you a lot. There's oh my god, dude. There's a fucking line. He says. Uh, when he's later, he's talking to his sister, and they are pointedly not talking about the fact that he killed their mother's rapist. And then there's a quiet moment, and he says, "I'm not sorry for what I did, not at all. I'm sorry for what I lost." Which is everything. That's yeah. God damn it. It's so fucking beautiful. He's like, he's like, look, there was a monster out walking around. There was someone who was fucking up the community that we'd built. Someone threatening the safe happiness That we've seen over and over again through the movie There was someone out there That could have destroyed that So I had to address it I had no choice Mm -hmm. I did that I knew what it would mean for me I don't regret doing it because I protected my communities I regret that I'm going to lose my communities Because I did it But But I I wouldn't do it again Dude it's Willing to pay the price Right, it's like what we talked about with hunger, mm-hmm. where it's like, I'm so how, mad. Are you mad how, enough mad to starve to, yourself yeah, exactly. to death? Fuck. Well, no. Then you're not. Then mad. you're not really mad. You're not that mad, right? Mm. You know, like you. I'm sure you're angry and upset. Those are different things. Get over it. If you're pissed enough to die, then you're mad. Right. Now you're mad. Now we can talk. You're putting it all out there. Then. Right. You're willing to. Yeah. Right. Look, I can. I can honestly say without shame. There's nothing in the world that makes me so mad I would die for it. Right now, there's nothing that makes me so angry that I would give up my life for it. Absolutely not. Now, circumstances could change. 
if something really horrible happened to like one of my personal family members, then I might oh, get yeah. invested. But right now, that's not happening. Yeah, at at present, I'm currently? not going to put it out in the universe. So right, right, yeah. But like, in that situation, I'm not. Yeah. Yes, but that that's not what we're. And doing. he doesn't go looking for stuff. No, either. he sure doesn't. When stuff happens to him, he'll respond. He to responds it. to it. Yep. In the way that Wolf knows how to respond right, to it. Right, but he's not like... Yeah, I saw a trailer for a movie last night called um, with Olivia Wilde in it called The Vigilante. Have you seen the trailer for no, it I have yet? not. It looks pretty cool. It looks like the plot of I Spit on Your Grave 3. Okay. Basically, uh, Olivia Wilde just like was victimized, and now she's trained herself to be like a, like a brutal hardcore killing fighter, machine. killing machine lady. And she goes around and like solves people's problems. I'll watch it. It sure. looks cool. But that's not what Jason Momoa does here. Not at he's all. not like, and now I'm gonna go and avenge every woman who's ever been raped, and that's the biker movie, and he's got guns and and coming to a theater near you. <laughs> right. Jason Momoa. Is. No, that's a, that's a um oh I can't think of that biker dude from the nineties, the vigilante biker show. Vigilante biker show from the nineties. Fuck man. Is it the one with Michael Parks? Stamos with John oh, Stamos John, in it? I don't know. Oh my god, no. Doesn't it's- matter. <laughs> Let's not talk about no. John Stamos. Let's let John Stamos just go quietly. Let's let him be. <laughs> yeah, he's let him be. He's fine. He's fine. He's got he's his, sitting on the couch. He's fine. His, yeah. Shh, don't wake the baby. <laughs> <laughs> but that's I. I love. I think what I love most about this movie is that Jason Momoa just keeps on moving. Yep. Keeps on keeping on. He's happy. He's helpful. He's the. You know, when we talk about antiheroes. He's like the anti antihero. Yeah, he, he sure is. He's yep, the anti anti hero. In a weird way, yeah. Because he doesn't want to be. He's just there, and he's doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. There's man. There's some. There's some incredible cinematography in this. Um, watching Jason Momoa run, or watching Wolf run through the grass in the dark, and it's just silhouette of grass silhouette of Jason Momoa, and he looks so confused and so lost, which is. When you have a hero, the Punisher or yeah. John Rambo or whatever, he never seems like he's lost. They his... know precisely where they're yep. going. All that it's like dun 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 dun. And here's Jason Momoa being like, <laughs> something bad is I? happening, I no and I can't find I it. Yes. Oh shit! I just I want to help, but I can't. And he hears a sound, and he's off again. Yeah, fucking dig it so much. Um, there's really an, another dude. There's mo- mostly the rest of my notes are just the moments that stick in my head, and the next one is. They head north towards Irish's place right after basically they have to flee. They just run away from this woman who's they've basically dumped off on the cops. Yep. The cops cut him loose, but the woman's wrapped in Jason Momoa's coat and they're in the mountains. He's freezing. Oh my God. When they dude. go into that restroom <laughs> and he's huddled, he's huddled under a hand dryer and he again, just keeps he's, hitting the button. Again, he's paying for his good deed. Right. He like, doesn't regret what he free, did. He's freezing because he gave his jacket he to a woman who was injured and who, being raped. Yeah. So now he has to freeze. So now he's freezing and he doesn't he's matter. Paying, he's constantly paying for his... He's very much... And he's willing to do it. And Oh my God. Like the, he's, there's, he's such an interesting philosophical character because again and again, he just keeps... Being punished for but he doesn't, doing the right thing. He doesn't mind. It, it's almost more zen than that. It doesn't feel like punishment to me it just feels like i did this this is what happened there is no good or bad fair enough in a weird way he's like this is just the situation now i have I to warm up now. under this hand dryer right but watching him dude seeing such a big powerful animal like that 
kind of crouch. I, it's very animalistic in the mm-hmm. way that he's huddled under that that dryer. That image sticks in my head Him forever. Reaching up, and I've never the forgotten handle. that yeah. moment when the you hear it click off and he uncurls his hand and hits it again and then curls back up. Yeah, I've always remembered that from so the first powerful. time I saw it. It's amazing. You can see like the depth of the cold and discomfort that he's feeling, and this is kind of a low point in the film too for him. He's just beaten another he, he's paying he's cold because he gave his jacket to the woman but we're in this weird emotional downturn because he just witnessed another rape and he's come into contact with this violence but also he's just beaten a man really badly he doesn't like violence no. he doesn't like to be violent he's he's like left emotionally cold by what's happened the freedom's all gone out of it, and now he's just trying to warm up. It's Ooh, I don't know why that just hit me like real. That just hit me like real powerful, like for some reason. It's, I don't know why. It's so beautiful. Ooh, the hood, shit. the hood's up, the, the hood's robe's up. coming off. <laughs> We're God just damn it. Well, it's just like because we've talked about it so many times. It's like the the need for violence when I have like the 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 man who shot Liberty Valance and that kind of thing. And like this is a perfect. Example I, I didn't of that. say it earlier, but I had thought of it. Like, yeah, it's a perfect example of that. Right, violence when violence is needed, but then he he pays the price for that. There's and always is willing a price to do to it. That's he doesn't complain and bitch about it. Right, he sits there and warms himself under a hand dryer in a bathroom in a dirty bathroom. Fuck me, dude. <laughs> it's incredible. God damn it. Um, we've talked it about hurts. it. Hurts. It hurts, dude. It you physically have, hurts. Oh my god, you have so you're are I'm those goosebumps? So, yeah, your goosebumps are so pronounced. They look like. <laughs> Oh my god! You look like I've been tattooed or something. You do. Or, you look like you have like a strange tattoo. I look like, tattoo, I look like Warmonger from fucking Black Panther, <laughs> whatever his name is. You got like all scarification yeah. all over you. Um, yeah, man. I I think it's important that the next image we see after the hand dryer is them building a fire in the desert yeah. too. So it's like that. There's something about two dudes waking up in the middle of a desert with a campfire, making coffee and tin cans is like fucking just. Sorry, I went through your bag. Yeah. I love that detail. Yep. He's like, Sorry, I went through your sack. Coffee. Coffee. It's real hot. And he's smoking the, he's smoking a cheroot. Yeah. And you're like, I recognize those. He goes, oh, he Sorry, has I, coffee out and, yeah, and he, smoke. He's smoking this cheroot and he gives Jason Momoa a cup of like, and you can tell every cup of coffee these guys drink is like the shittiest cup of oh, coffee. Oh, they're all drinking time. engine oil. Yeah. Half of it's dirt. <laughs> some of it's. Most just, of gasoline. Like it's chicory and some wood they found yep. and like five <laughs> coffee beans. <laughs> But they're drinking like there's something about there's a great moment in a book. Uh, it's not Hatchet. It's the book that comes at uh, Brian's Winter. Mm. Did you read it ever? As no. A kid? All right. Did you read Hatchet? Yeah. OK. So it's the book after Hatchet. Brian's Winter. He wakes up and he boils every morning. He heats water and drinks a cup of hot water because there's something comforting about a cup with hot liquid in it that yep. makes him feel normal. This is I've. I remember even at 24 thinking that like this coffee they're drinking is probably but like there's something there's something about having a yes. warm mug of something to sip on that's comforting and kind of like grounds you and makes you feel comforted and safe and mm-hmm. whole. But I love that he, when he passes the church to him and he goes breakfast. breakfast yes. <laughs> um, yeah, and those are all details. I just love that. There's something about a desert in the nighttime mm-hmm. that the morning morning like pre-morning morning the sun is like well it makes that blue sky you are so small in the desert and you are even smaller in the desert in the night i don't know if this is intentional but i read this into the cinematography when they're sitting around the fire by those rocks 
the big stones. Mm-hmm. And Cash goes, is there something you want to tell me, Wolf? Because they've just been run off by the cops and like, are you Robert Wolf? Are you what the fuck? Why do right. you try to I escape? got questions for you yeah, now, brother. Me, What's going on here, man? He goes, just be straight with me, man. That's all I'm asking. So he asked Wolf directly, please be straight with me. So Wolf did. I love that. Mm-hmm. I love the fact that Wolf's like, you're asking me to tell you this. I will tell you this because I, because you asked me to. Yeah. And he tells him like, here's what happened. My mom was raped. Life support. I tracked this guy down and killed him. Moment of silence. Wolf's like, okay, I told you that thing. I'm going to let you sit with that for a second. I got to go be alone. He walks off. And there's two details that I love. One, Wolf walks off into the dark in the night. After hearing this, this thing, because Cash is all about swagger and bravado and he's a 70s biker guy. This is the turning point. He never behaves like that again after this moment. He never is like, man, we were just trying to, because even when they're being questioned by the cop, he's like, we were just trying to hug and get this lady. And he's like, shut your mouth. And the cop's yelling yeah. at him and stuff. He's still being swaggery biker. But after he finds out that Wolf killed this guy and that what Wolf's going through and seeing who Wolf is still, even after all he's been through, the type of man that Wolf still is, he never behaves that way again. And there's a wide shot where the he's standing by the fire with a big stone behind him. And I wrote down mm-hmm. cat in this moment, cash cash's shadow is taller than he is. Mm-hmm. Cash becomes, he realizes we visually realize how small that pomp and bravado and machismo actually yeah. is. His shadow is bigger than he is. Second detail that I love wolf walks off into the dark and when he wakes up, we find out that cash has brought the light back to him. He moved the fire to be over by wolf. That's fuck. I missed that completely. Yeah. So wow. Wolf walks away from that communal, that fire, that light, and that community, moves. and Cash brings it back to him. Oh my god, dude! It's such a. There's so much going on in this. It's movie. so it's subtle. So I didn't even notice it. Absolutely That's love brilliant. it. Brilliant. Uh huh. <laughs> I love it so so much, man. Um, yeah. So, pretty much, we get. Irish and the family at this point that's all it's all delightful they're having fun yeah it's, it's kind of like the last um you ever see Shakala? no god dang it okay I know <laughs> it's it kind of reminds me of like the scene where Johnny Depp meets up with the river gypsies in Shakala, playing guitar everyone's having glasses of wine everyone's it's the having last fun supper that's that whole thing it is really the last supper and what a last supper it is you know, yeah, like dancing and howling at the moon, literally playing the steel guitar, playing the steel guitar. Everyone's laughing, flames are roaring. Babies, the baby's up way too late. But it's <laughs> babies, like, so but you know, <laughs> it's yeah, so it's great. And then they he, he runs them out to the lake. They're hiking out there. Cash has on like the most beautiful Woolrich jacket of all time, which I own. <laughs> so I watching it, I was like, hey, look, it's my Woolrich it's my jacket. jacket. Um. There's little costuming details in here that I love too, like the fact that Jason Momoa wears his saddlebags over his shoulder, because his bike doesn't his bike doesn't have doesn't the have, room for it. Yeah, there's no <laughs> there's basically no back bumper, so he rides with the saddlebags over his shoulder. And when he goes up into the mountains, the pack that he's wearing is like just a huge leather sack on his back with a big strap across his chest that has these. It's not like the Molly straps. It's like just huge O rings that he's clipped his knife to and clipped his. It's just. There's a real like kind of rugged th- the aesthetic of his character just from a costuming standpoint. And if you go on Instagram, you'll realize, oh, Jason Momoa just showed up every day. And he that's, how, up, he that's how he was. Fuck, man. But like seeing the the aesthetic of him, he's like 
someone out of a different time. It's unbelievable. Like watching Cash walk around and like finally knit clothes. It looks almost like like everything Wolf is wearing was owned by six people before him. Yeah, it was a and, hand-me-down of the hand-me-down of the hand-me-down. And he's patched like, it up yeah. and he's repaired it. Like he's wearing a t-shirt at one point in this that's like more whole than t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Which I understand the motivation for that because it's Jason Momoa. <laughs> I, had, I have a note earlier. I love the scenery. I love the bikes and Jason Momoa's arms. Like, <laughs> Yeah, watching Jason Momoa woo! like just tug on a wrench a little you're bit. Like, you're like, Jesus, you're strong. Boy, he's strong, man. No wonder there's holes in your shirt. Every time you move, like shit's just, just ripping just off you. A <laughs> um, but watching them slide on the... Okay, so I'm glossing over the special agent agent breaking up the family and screaming yeah. in Irish's face. Part of me was saying, like, I'm skipping over that because it's less interesting. And here, then we also talked about it a little bit already. We did. I mean, but one of the things I that just occurred to me is I think it's less interesting to me because that is plot. Yeah. Honestly, for me, the plot is not even close yeah, to what the agent this getting closer about. to his man. Is, Who cares? He's, yeah. Like, I understand you need it in there. Like, because otherwise, how did he find him at the lake? Right. Or your ending is just he scatters his ashes and keeps riding his bike. And I like the poignant the poignancy of the ending, especially the fact that so much is left completely unresolved. But like I I get it. You need something to drive him onward. There's something that he has to try and stay ahead of. But honestly, that's not the bit of the movie that I care about. You know, so okay, here let, just for the just for measuring flicks, I think Agent Agents perform uh, Timothy V. Murphy's performance in the cabin's a little big. It's huge. He kind of turns from like it's fucking from like FBI agent to like monster agent. He twirls his mustache. A yeah, little it's really fucking obnoxious. He's, he's scratching it at the scenery a little. Yeah, the family that's being broken up. Their performances no, they're, they're are spot their mark. on. Yeah. Schaefer's killer. Yeah. Watching Schaefer like not talking and not looking at Irish and. But yeah, not Viggo Mortensen is seeing his his yeah. Oscar moment he saw his or glory something. Moment. Yeah, he kind of swung for it a little and it misses a, a touch. Yeah, but then we're at the lake and everything from here on out is great. Beautiful. Watching them slide on the lake and knowing what's coming, you're like, dude, they're right behind you. It's that weird thing we did. Like with, Butch Cassidy. In, yeah. Or, yeah. Well, no, like with War of the Planet of the Apes when they're escaping, you're like, oh, you don't have time, you have time to slide on you have your time damn ice. Go, go, go. Okay. But this has always kind of been what they're doing. So. They slide like them sliding on the ice. The rest of my lines are like so, or the rest of my notes are so fucking poetic. It's ridiculous. But sliding on the ice, and then my last note, which is basically the whole end of the movie in one sentence, is smoke in the wind, ash on the water, a shot in the wild, and his own death. That's the end of this movie, man. Mm-hmm. Jason Momoa. I love the fact that he does the. The cleansing. The cleansing, yep. Before he scatters the ashes, he's like, I'm going to do this absolutely correctly. So he he washes himself with the smoke and does his cleansing with, I think it's, uh, Bird would know, I think it's like sage. Sage or something? Yeah. But uh, he does that, and then he really ritualistically... He doesn't just dump the coffee can in the water. Right. <laughs> Done. He doesn't, yeah, he doesn't Walter it. He doesn't... He doesn't <laughs> Lebe- yeah, I was going to say, he doesn't Lebowski it. He's not like... Pepper and fucking uh, cash with ashes. Right. He's like, ah, shit, my mom's all over you. <laughs> Fuck it, dude. Let's go bowling. Let's, Let's go, go bo- biking. Let's go biking. Exactly. <laughs> but no, he like, he like spread. I love this too. This is a really cool detail. He spreads his mom's ashes in a really serene way where he, he puts them in the palm of his hand and then he like swipes his palm left and then he gets another handful of ashes in the other hand and he swipes his mom's ashes to the right or whatever. But then he grabs handfuls and throws them in the air. Yeah. 
like hard. The use of wide shots, by the way, just to go back to the cinematography, is so effective because you show constantly. We're seeing Jason Momoa, who's a very big and imposing person, looking tiny. Oh yeah, the shoot. backdrop of the entire yeah. yeah. You like that's another thing. There, we're not so slavishly drooling over the bikes that we miss we miss the purpose of the bike, which is to show you how to show you how tiny you yeah, are. Exactly. Like we just keep watching the world. And I fucking do I love it. But that there's something so celebratory and joyous about throwing the ashes in the air. And then he like, you know, goes to get another handful or whatever. And that's when Irish sees him and sees Schaefer with his rifle set up and screams like fucking run, brah. Gotta go. He gets up. Fuck. And he's again, he could turn himself in here. Yep. But he's not gonna. No. I love it. So he runs, he runs until he literally can't run anymore. And it's that, it's that weird, you know, okay, look, we can put it on a t-shirt and make it trite, but it is a really powerful idea. It's just kind of worn down from overuse, but it's literally that like, never give up. You know, you can say like, never give up. It means nothing. Right. It means nothing at all. When you say never give up and someone's like, I'm going to do like five more minutes on the elliptical, man. Hashtag never give up. That's one thing. Watching Jason Momoa sprint through a freezing lake and then take an AR round in the leg and collapse and try. He's like, I can do it. I can. I can't do it. I fucking can't. This is it. I cannot move anymore. They're a quarter mile away. They're going to get me. So he sits and you can see him. He's like, what are my options? Can I run? Can I move? Can nope, I fight? Nope, nope. This is going to be federal prison for so the rest of my life. So he pulls his knife. His flint fucking. That one's Damascus steel. That one? That oh, one was Damascus shit. steel with a, with a, uh, but the handle is an like antler. A antler, yeah. So he's got an antler handle on it. It's a beautiful knife. And he pulls it out and he like looks at it for a second. And then he's like, yeah, I guess this. Okay. All right. And just the fact there's a lot of things in this scene that shock me and it's not like the it's not the actual violence that shocks me. The sound of a gunshot in that space, just hearing the shot is shocking because it's mountains. It's this still lake. We just watched a ceremony and a ritual to spread it's so ashes. So foreign and alien. In and that then you space. hear that kabah, and you're like, "Oh, mm. guns are fucking terrible." Right. It's that weird thing we were watching um Bambi. No, Planet of the uh, 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 Rise of the Planet of the Apes. Yeah, and they get that fifty cal going, and just the sound of that gun made me want to throw up. Yeah, it's something. A single shot off that. I think it's an AR, but a single shot off that AR out in the wilderness, and you're like, fuck, mm. guns. Something violent. Just I say that as a gun owner. No, fair enough. No, like we've had the conversation. We've had the conversation, but there's dude. There's moments where there's definitely moments where like your soul tells you it's wrong. Yep. That gunshot is one of them. And the second thing that really gets me in kind of a powerful way. I've, look, I've always been a huge fan of samurai films. I know you are too. Oh, fuck there's yeah, something, dude. there's something about honor and, and being and honor being important. And there's something really important about, I can't remember the film. We watched it for season one. It was like, if she's, there's a bit where someone's like, if she's going to die, she's going to die with me. It's uh one of the, one of the, um, Oh, it's lethal weapon, lethal weapon, something. She, it's the first one. The first if, one. If she's going to go, she's going to go with me, my way, not yours, not yours. Yeah. And he's going to blow he's them all the up. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there's something about that where he's like, look, my, if my daughter has no options, but to die, I'm going to do it. Yep. Not you. There's something about that. And there's something about, you seen 47 Ronin. <laughs> there's something about like, all right. I did my work. 
Now the work is done. And I've I've reached the end of this road and there is nowhere else for me to go. I'm not, I'm not spend the rest of my life in a prison. I'm not glamorizing suicide, but there is anyone who says that there's not a romanticism to an honor based suicide. Watch some watch some samurai flicks. Yeah, you're just watch this movie. I look, I'm not and I'm not saying like and it's so romantic, no, 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 no. but I am saying like I I'll maybe this is controversial and I'm sure this will upset some people, but fuck you, dude. There is completely a romantic aspect to suicide. There's a reason that poets keep writing keep about writing it. About There's it. a reason we keep seeing it beautifully shot on film. There is something really mysterious about someone who's willing to step through the door that no one has ever that that we all step through one time on their own terms. Right. There's totally something beautiful Not about gonna that. Not going to do it your way, I'm going to do it my way. Exactly. And I've told Bird repeatedly, I'm like if I ever end up in a coma, I don't care what it costs you, you keep me on life support forever. Right, yeah. <laughs> like I I'm this is well established on two other podcasts. I'm like if I'm ever in a bad accident or if like if I'm alive still, like at all. <laughs> you keep, keep that me keep that alive. machine running. Bird's like, I think at one point Bird was like, but Matt, okay, look, if you're in like a coma with no brain activity, do you know how expensive that would be? Do you know what a financial burden that would be on your family? I'm like, fuck you. I live one time. <laughs> right? This is it. Who knows? Maybe I'm having dreams. I'll buy me dreams for 20 years. Keep me plugged in. I want to live as long as possible. I'm clearly on record with this. Yes. Like, <laughs> I do not in any way want to truncate my trip here, man. <laughs> Even if it's like, Oh, he's in agonizing pain every day and the painkillers just aren't touching it. Would you like to die, Mr. Peterson? I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Just my This boy. is my pain. This is my, my pain. It's all experience, yeah. man. And who knows if there's any experience afterwards. So, right. Carl, you don't let her kill me. You keep me alive. I got, buddy. It. I got you, boo. Thank you. With me, you fucking unplug that fucker, dude. You're gonna be doing I'm going sailing. You'll Woo! be <laughs> You'll be doing doing solo measuring flicks. You'll be like, and thank you to the patrons who are literally keeping my co-host Max right? alive. <laughs> I, oh, I would keep a microphone right next to you just because. <laughs> the, the, it's like, well, we watched Pulp Fiction last night. <laughs> Max, what did you think of... Uh, we meant to get to it earlier, but you know, season six, it's been four it's seasons. Been four seasons. <laughs> Just like, dude. <laughs> no, we have one subscriber. It's you. <laughs> it's me. <laughs> no, there's two. It's you and me on my old phone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's like, the show got too sad. I couldn't listen to it anymore. It's usually like 20 minutes of Carl crying in the middle right. of the episode. <laughs> Special guest hosts don't really talk much anymore. It's just bird. Just bird sobbing next to you. <laughs> it's bird holding your hand. Bird not talking into the microphone, con- conversing with an accountant. Like, can we? How, how many more days can we do this? Could I, uh, but could we get an extension on the loan? <laughs> it's just like, so did you guys watch the movie? <laughs> you didn't even watch it. Daniel's like, I, you've got to come with the movie spun. I, I watched just- it, honey. Um, I thought it was good. Do we have to do the episodes here and the next right. to him? We can find. It's just so sad. <laughs> I feel like there's something better we could be doing <sighs> with our time. I understand that, like, he was important to you. Promises are prom- promises are promises, honey. <laughs> <laughs> Nurses come in. What's going on in here? We can't be upsetting the patient. I'm so- I'm sorry, sorry. Uh, Jacqueline. You know all the nurses. <laughs> sorry, Jackie. <laughs> sorry, Jackie. Won't happen again. Um, yeah, man. That's literally all my notes for Road to Paloma. Sweet. <laughs> but like, there there is that dude. There's a great moment. At the very end, after so Jason Momoa, in case you couldn't tell by all the seppuku and suicide talk, he kills himself at the end of the movie. Oh yeah, he gives himself the old stabby in the guts. He does the pole too, and it's a rough one too. 
Yeah. It's like, ooh. That's not the knife that you want to be doing that nope. with. But he nope. does it. It hurts real bad. Oh, he's... Dude, his death scene is real good. Yep. And then he falls on his back, and Cash gets over to him. And seeing Cash not in leathers, not looking like a low-rent... Uh, who's the guy who sings in The Misfits? Lead singer? Whatever. Not looking like a, like a, like a hasher, you know? Yeah. Seeing him with his hair pulled back, clean, more or less clean-shaven... In a like a outdoorsy outfit with hiking boots on, you're like, oh look, Cash has turned his life around, and yeah. now he's losing that agent, his friend, this agent of change, and he's like, somebody fucking help! He's screaming for help, screaming for help. He turns back, Jason Momoa's gone. He's gone. That's when Schaefer kind of like, that's that. This is the Schaefer moment's really good. Hope you're happy. You got your man. You want him, you can go fish him out. He gets yeah. up, folds up his gun, walks away. And that's where the the movie like, and then they kind of Butch Cassidy it a little bit. Now we have a little tag shot. Yeah, we do. Of Cash and Wolf ripping down the ripping down the highway. It Just was for like a few in, seconds in the too. sunset, and then they cut to black, and you're like, if you, and then it's like, you know, cool song. Here comes the credits, and you're like, stop though. It doesn't really matter what happens after that, and I love that they don't show us, but they do leave you with. What happens to Irish and Wolf's sister and the child? What happens to, to Cash? To Special Agent Agent? What happens to Cash? What happens to Schaefer? We exactly like we don't get the resolution to any of these stories. Yeah. But it I doesn't think matter. It doesn't matter at all because this whole movie is a tone poem. Mm-hmm. It's incredible, man. It's absolutely incredible. We we glossed over the bit where Cash finally comes to terms with the fact that even though he's going through a bitter divorce, he he takes. He's been running from his divorce, and then when he hears that the house, the house has, been, has sold. been sold, he's in Irish and yeah, he's in Irish's house. He's in Irish's house, and she's like, "I sold the house," and he's like, "Are we done then?" And I guess we're done, and she's like, "I guess we are," yep. and that's the whole conversation. And too late, he realizes that he's been running from something that might actually matter to him. Yeah, dude, there's there's so much in this movie that I love. So. That's all I've got for Road to Paloma. Like I said at the top of the show, I think this is probably my favorite biker movie. Um, I wanted to start real strong because we're going to end with Hellride, which is just fucking bonkers. <laughs> just I total banana sandwich of a film. I cannot wait. So you got anything else? What do you think? You started in one place. Where are you at on Road I'm, to Paloma now? I'm in a better place. I still need like some time with it, I think. Yeah, yeah. Because it's, it's such a, it's a, it's a, it's a big, it's a big watch. Like Dude, it, it is. It, I mean, it's showing you a lot, and it's and it's. What I like that it 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 doesn't do that stupid thing where it doesn't take its it doesn't give its audience what uh, they want. What they want. <laughs> well, that or it doesn't treat it, treat you like you're stupid. It's just showing you things. Oh yeah, this movie lets it's again not to bring up the comparison because I think they are very different filmmakers, but they I think they the sh- I think they share a poetic soul where yeah. Jarmish will show you something. And then he'll just move on, and you're like, what did that mean? And Jarmusch will turn to you and go, what are you thinking, man? It's up to right. you. Like, uh, really what I was going for is, anyway, watch the next scene. And right. you're like, yeah. what? What? Yeah. I think I think that I, I really do enjoy this film. I know that I enjoy this film. So yeah. so we uh, should... I, I Hold on. I got oh, the, no. The patron cards are somewhere. Oh, no. I got patron cards. We have somewhere. patrons on the show. Don't we you know? Do. We have. Here, start. Dude, start our All right, start us up. All right. Well, I can start the patrons. I know who most of them are. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How about because I just met them for a hot second and wish I could have spent more time with them? John and Casey Shiby. 
out in New York City. They I'm, were in I, town. They were in town. <laughs> I was working, but they popped by. You you brought them by the shop. I did. I, I can, and I, can I hugged them both five or six times, I think. Yeah. It got a little awkward for a minute. It was like, you don't need to hug them that much. But I couldn't stop. Because <laughs> you can just tell when a soul is a good soul. And yeah. you can tell immediately upon yeah, meeting dude. these two people. So oh, We went to... Uh, we went to lunch at Brady's and we got, we tried to order them extra crispy, extra sloppy. And they're like, so you want the Mexican wings with extra sauce? And I was like, I don't know. Yep. Carl told me that this is what we wanted. So they brought it. They were amazing. So good, right? So then we were like, wow, we just ate a bunch of wings. What's the move? Let's go bowling. We went to a bowling alley. We immediately ordered a pizza, two pitchers of beer. John, Man, you've been really mean to your butthole recently, dude. It's, and it just doesn't stop nope. either. I just because I got Valentinas in the fridge, and as long as there's Valentinas <laughs> yeah. in the fridge, <laughs> so um, while we're at the bowling alley, John pitched me a movie, and it was fucking amazing. Is epic. Um, I believe they told me not to talk about All right, it. Fair enough. But, no, I'm not going to talk about the movie. They talk. They told me not to mention it, but there may be the possibility of a Shibe podcast coming from New York. Oh shit! They're they've got one episode in the and recorded and stuff, oh, and they're gonna bank God. up a bunch so they can get ahead. Yep, like we do, like we try to do. Right. So uh, we do, and it works. Sorry, the Shibesters, but I uh, <laughs> I want I just want people to know. Hell yeah, I, man! I want to share as Can't much of your shit as I can. So yeah, as soon as there's uh as soon as there's more news on that, I'll let everyone Rock know. On, man. Oh god, they're so artistic and great and. I love bowling with them. <laughs> I won by five points, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, over the course of like five games, we played. Bo- we we played bowling for like hours. That's how you hours. should do yeah, bowling, dude. It was so great. Berta vaguely suggested that I join a men's bowling league, and then I decided that we should just start the FCK bowling league and do once a month. We go with bowling. Our shirts and our yeah, we got to get bowling. Shirts. All right, done. Done and done. Sold. I'll own shoes <gasps> and a bin of ball. I could custom make a ball that has our faces on it. Oh, we could do. We could sell FCK. Sell FCK balls. bowling balls. I wonder if there's a like if there's any profit to be made. In that Probably ball. not. We're, I'm gonna we're say gonna no. Cost us money. Mostly just for us. Yeah. <laughs> Can we get Danielle and Bird like the old style bowling outfits with like the skirts? Oh my bowl? god! Yes. Okay. Like soda fountain girls, sort of like. Sp- Speaking of, uh, thank you so much, Danielle Pelshaw, for joining the FCK Bowling League. That's she to- don't even know it yet. Not even she likes a- to bowl. So good. Who doesn't like to bowl? Your my favorite part about bowling is that you're shit at it for like the first full game, <laughs> like first the first 80 frames. Yeah, <laughs> and then all of a sudden you start hitting that sweet spot. Oh, you clocked in so hard. All right, you dial it's it in. It's usually about rolling. the sixth jack and coke too. That's dude. I got better deeper into the second pitcher. Oh fuck yeah! Like man. pitcher one, I was like, ooh, I'm rolling a lot of eights Dusty. here. Then ooh. I was rolling nines. Then I was hitting strikes. Uh, I rolled, I rolled a turkey. Nice. That's three strikes in a row. Bro. On the tenth frame. Because you get three. Oh, you get the three. Yeah, that's right. You get three rolls on that tenth frame if you roll a. Uh, if you roll, I think it's if you roll a strike or if you roll high enough on your first one. Mm-hmm. I rolled a strike because John had just rolled a turkey and he's like, ah, killing it. I rolled a strike. I rolled a strike and they're like, are you? Are you, are you about to? Are you gonna? And then I rolled a strike. So I rolled a turkey in one frame and John's like, what the fuck just even happened? <laughs> it was awesome. Dude, yeah, bowling's need, a good yeah, time. We need to get this this uh, this league. And our patron, Danielle Pelshaw, is going to enjoy it every second of it. And we would also like to thank Connor Sweeney of the Balpeen Hammer family. Yeah, did the, you see my the, comment? The tag bag, yeah. <laughs> thank you and fuck you for being the 
deciding vote in the Harry Potter. But we have, and also thank you for being the deciding vote on Harry Potter because of what we're going to end up doing. We've come up with a phenomenal concept, which is kind of due to you screwing us over with Harry Potter. (laughs) So So thank you, dude. We love you to death because we're going to make you watch a couple of those movies with us. You got to sit down and talk with us about some of these films because it's your fucking fault. You did this, Connor. So you come and sit with us and you enjoy these movies. Danielle didn't even vote for Harry Potter. (laughs) No, she voted voted for for Halloween. Halloween. (laughs) When I found that out, I was just like, oh my god. You are so welcome in my home yeah, at all anytime. time. <laughs> anytime you want. Um, so someone else who is always welcome in my home, Brian Jackson. I don't know. <laughs> You've never met him. I've never he met him. He was the dude in Tommy that played the guitar whenever he came across the oh, screen. I love that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was he was our guitar Tommy guy was from Tommy. Wild dude. Bananas fucking show. That right? show was crazy pants. Yeah. Your uh, your one man band. <laughs> It was so fucking awesome. I kept thinking you were gonna back the drum into like the people standing behind oh, you. Oh, there were a couple nights where I did. Yeah. You were so close. I'm like, oh, she's gonna get a symbol in the face. Symbol in the face. So, but Brian, yeah, that was Brian. Brian Jackson. Brian amazing. Jackson. Thank He's an amazing so musician, amazing actor, and we gotta get him on the show too. Yes, I believe our next patron um, just recently. Uh, uh, modified their pledge to the five dollar level. David so Rowney, yeah, I believe so. Thank you very much, David Rowney. Yeah, David, appreciate, we appreciate that. Appreciate it. Thank you. Enjoy the massive backlog. Of oh my! Bonus dig into those diehards and lethal weapons, man. They'll oh, take you a couple days. It's a good place to start. Yeah, That's a good place to start. David Rowney, man, he's been listening to the show almost since like episode five, I think. So early on, yeah. So early, early listeners. So thank you, David Rowney, and I can't wait to see you soon. And get you on the show too, brother. For sure. Uh, we would also like to thank uh, Katie Clark, who is the a wizard. Amazing. She is a bard. A bard. Sir. God damn. She so gives sad. me that bardic inspiration <laughs> and the show. That bardic inspiration, that D6 when you need it. Does she play a steel guitar? Shit, I don't know. Hmm. She plays a, She plays a mean friend. <laughs> and uh, not a mean friend. She's, she's a great friend. She's a great. What does she play? A mean though. I don't. Know. She's not a mean. She's a flautist. She's a flute. Probably a flautist. A flautist. <laughs> Katie Clark, you Katie. badass. Thank you for all the D sixes, babe. The bomb. Thank you. <laughs> We'd also nice. like to. Th- Am I? I just yeah. did Katie Clark. Oh, I was then like, I'll be me. No, I'll do. Here, you do one of them. I'll do the other. Oh, okay. We would like to thank. Kelly and Michael Wagner. Yes. Da, 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 na, it's Mike na, and na, Kelly na, na, Wagner coming na, down na, na, to the stage now. Mortal Kombat. Anyway, so that's fun. Thanks, guys. We <laughs> we really appreciate your support, your patronage <laughs> on the Patreon. I need to pee. <laughs> I gotta pee so bad. Guys, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoy Biker Month as much as we are, I think, going to enjoy oh, fuck Biker yeah, Month. Man. I, I'm not positive what movie is next, actually. It might, I think it's, I think Easy, it's Rider. Easy Rider. So thank you guys so much for listening. Stay tuned. Head on over to... Oh, we didn't give them the info. Oh, shit. Head on we over should to probably do www. that. We're so bad at like touting our own it's show. It's been a while since yeah. we sat down and did it for real. www.patreon.com slash... Quill and Film, Q-U-I-L-L-A-N-D-F-I-L-M. If you want shout-outs on the show, if you want bonus episodes, if you want to hear our upcoming uh, When Harry Met Michael, Fuck Harry Potter yeah. Halloween mashup fucking super long series that we're planning to do. It's going to take us the rest of the season, I think. But I think it will, too. Yeah. There's a lot of Halloween Which movies. Which is good, because guess what? We ain't got to fucking think about what we're doing for the Patreon. No, done. And we watch a Harry done. Potter, we watch a Halloween. <laughs> but next we're doing, uh, so our next Patreon, we're going to do Hereditary. Because I don't know if I'm ready for this, but I gotta be. Let's dude, do it. it's so 
unfucking believably good. All right, so next right. up on Patreon, we're doing Hereditary. After that, when Harry met Michael, uh, if you want to drop us a line, it's uh, measuringflixpodcast at gmail.com. That's it for us. Thank you guys so much. All of you should go out and buy motorcycles, and if you can't buy motorcycles, at the very least, you should be good to each other. People should be good people. People should be good people. Form communities and help each other out. Don't be a dick. Don't be a dick.